0: Welcome to the
1: podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host, and I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like.
0: Brought to you by
2: Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up sups and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Actually, it's afternoon. Uh, we are rock and rolling today. Is December fifteenth. We are ten days away. Ten days away from Christmas. I'm excited for that. This is going to be, you're not living in like the twilight zone. This is going to be a recap of part two of the book, 12 Stupid Things That Mess Up Recovery with Alan Berger. Do you remember that one, two episodes ago,
1: 138? Well, I'm getting old, but I can remember that. One episode back for me, actually. It's two episodes for you, but only one episode ago for me.
0: Beautiful. So those of you that are listening to this, you know that the doc's in the house. We got our co-host Terry Sellers here. We also have a special guest taz Decker yeah. welcome Taz
3: thank you I feel special yeah
1: we got a guest we got a <laughs> guest of honor baby <laughs> that's a right guests of honor
0: so Taz was on about three years ago the his episode is episode eight football drugs and redemption
3: that's right wow <laughs> That's know. a blast from the past. I, I didn't, didn't remember that. Yeah. 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 Mm. So
0: if you're wanting to get to know Taz a little bit better, he's an amazing human being. He's a great individual. Uh, he shares his story of recovery on episode eight that we recorded three years ago. I tried listening to it. It's I. I just want to apologize ahead of time. If you go back and listen, I am pretty anxious in it. Pretty revved up. I think I had like too much pre-workout that day before I came <laughs> in to record. Uh, but yeah, today should be, should be pretty sweet. He's going to come in and talk to us about 12 stupid things that mess up recovery. Uh, before we get to that, though, I know we usually typically do our sponsorship mentions and new and goods. Let's jump to our sponsorship mentions. Episode 140 is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is here to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out reach out to them by giving them a call at 801-800-8142 or go directly to their website and chat with somebody at stepsrc.com. That's S-T-E-P-S-R-C dot C-O-M. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Episode 140 is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends, Mindful mood helps increase, focus, and optimize brain function. It's the gas pedal, the get up and get going. And then they have mind shift, which helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. That's going to be your break. It's going to slow things down, work on that sympathetic nervous system. So place your order at RiseUpSupps.com, punch in PODCAST20 in all caps to save yourself 20% off uh, under the promotion code. At checkout, we also appreciate them sponsoring this podcast.
3: He did some of that for episode eight. Yes, he did. I did. He did.
0: Sadly, this is a podcast about recovery from addiction, but it sounds like I'm on cocaine on that thing, man. <laughs> Holy, <laughs> kag, I'm pretty sure you can hear my heart beating through the microphone. It was, anyways. You'll have hey, to
1: be, lighten up on yourself. I know you. it's, it's okay. Fun. It's going to be fine. Yeah, it was good. I got you covered this episode. I got the opposite of episode eight. I'm barely awake today. <laughs> so we'll see what happens here.
0: You uh, may have to you
1: may have to shake me every once in a while to make sure I'm still here. Make sure you're still so, conscious. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well hopefully we got we get some good stuff from you. There's a lot of good content to cover
1: today. There's some stuff. We got stuff. We can talk about stuff. That's never an issue for us.
0: I know we got a lot to get through. So last time, just to kind of recap, we made it to stupid thing number one, believing addiction to one substance is the only problem. We made it to number four. Sorry, number two, believing sobriety will fix everything. Number four, being selectively honest. Number five, feeling special and unique. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into some other topics besides those. If you want to listen to those, go back to episode 138. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Taz Decker here with us to help us break some of this stuff down. Before we get to all that, though, you know I got to put that on the back burner, right? Okay. Listen to the full episode to get to that good content. Okay. In the spirit of Christmas,
1: We I feel like. wish you a Merry Christmas. Okay, sorry.
3: <laughs> I thought you were going to do the whole song. No, I'm not going to do the whole song. Uh, I That's got, a great voice. <laughs> <laughs> In the
0: spirit of Christmas, I got some gifts for you guys. Let's start with Taz. Taz, what? I'm going to pass over this, what?
3: this guy right here. Merry Christmas, you filthy yes. animal. Thank you. It's all about timing when you come on and agree yeah. to come on the podcast, right? right. Do you yeah. show me to open yeah, it? Yeah, go, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. For the sake of time, we'll also dish out these other two.
3: Oh, these are my oh,
1: favorite. Oh, my gosh. Those are my favorite, too. Apparently, I just became your new best friend. The Lindors,
0: baby. There's a little the bag of dopamine right there for yeah, you.
3: That, that'll that wake somebody up. We could we uh, we could we could watch a movie and eat these together, too, if you want. <laughs> that sounds romantic. <laughs> On a love seat. Yeah, that sounds beautiful.
0: It's got the assorted, so all the different flavors. Sean, you
1: got to go next, it. man. You, gotta you got a the gift behind you. Now. What? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Any money
2: in it? Yes. Anyways, there's a shirt. Hold on a second. Let me, Let me get on here. And... All right. Let got Let's See, we... I, I don't have my camera, so I just have to wave it up in the air now. There
0: you yeah. go. I want to watch you unwrap it, though.
2: It's a puppy.
1: <laughs> in a box. <laughs> it's about as fuzzy as a puppy, I'll a tell you that. box of puppies. Okay, oh,
2: we, got, we got. Uh, he, got a, he got an ugly reveal. Christmas sweater. What did, you get me? what did you get me?
1: He got an ugly Christmas sweater. The Grinch. He
0: is the Grinch, right, Doc? I mean, help me out here. Sean's the Sean Grinch, Denovan for sure. is the
2: Barry Grinch. <laughs> She's a beauty. I'm not Grinchy. <laughs>
1: wow. And thank then, you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. Wait till you see tomorrow's outfit. You like Titleist? It's gonna match perfect. Titleist? Yeah, I love Titleist. Cool. You, who doesn't like Titleist? Couldn't remember if I was wearing a hat already or not. I'm wearing headphones. Hey, that, Let's go.
3: That's your color, man. That's Let's go. It really brings out your eyes.
1: Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. This is this honestly does match tomorrow's outfit perfectly. Does it really? Thank you very much. Cool.
3: Yeah, you're welcome.
1: I got a golf hat for anybody that's not watching, just listening. You're welcome. You got me a beautiful titleist golf hat. You <laughs>
3: know, very thoughtful. In a light blue. Thank you, Jared. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, How yeah, does this nice tie into you.
0: recovery? I tell you what. Whenever I think of a spiritual connection, I always think of the holidays. Like for me, and I know that you can get into, like, you know, the, you know, buying stuff, and some people don't really love that. But for yeah. me, just the excitement of being able to, like, think of others and what would they like. Right, and it's nice. It's okay. fun.
1: Yeah. I, I think that uh, this is a great direction for the podcast to go to anyway, because. As you mentioned, we're 10 days away from Christmas, right? We're going to talk about 12 things that mess up recovery, but we can also tie in some holiday stuff because holidays can be difficult for people. Absolutely. Holidays are when family consolidates. Sometimes many of us under one roof. It can be stressful. Some of the things that trigger us come from, well, most of the things that trigger us come from our families of origin, Mm. and families of origin tend to get together at this time of year and have this giant feast or this big old celebration, and many times there's some things involved, substances involved that got to pay attention to so as we go through today like i've been thinking of this on the way on the drive down but as we go through today and talk about things that mess up recovery keep in mind that we're going to encounter some of these things during the christmas holiday
3: for well sure. said well said i think it's a, a, a time of reflection for sure um you know as we kind of review the year and when i Gracefully denied the invitation for dinner when I saw you guys two weeks ago. <laughs> we, had a, we had a plan, my wife and I, an in, intentional plan uh, for that dinner to, one one of them was to review 2023 and talk about what we want mm. 2024 mm. to look like. Yeah, um, that's, that's awesome, man. Um, as a couple and a family and what some of our goals and things that had, had transpired or we'd accomplished or... You know, in in this year of 2023 and and uh, and so I think this this time of year is one for reflection as well. And so many opportunities to look for things to uh, to be grateful for. Um, And this this time of year can be very difficult for a lot of a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Well, I think that's well said, too. Yeah. Listen. I love that. First of all, I could sense there was something up there. Like that, there, there was a reason you didn't want to hang out with us, and it wasn't like it wasn't personal. I, we didn't take that personally, but obviously something was up when we invited you to dinner and you said no. Um, but I guess the point is, let's uh, let's look at that example. Let's be intentional in our lives, and let's talk about the things that we want to accomplish and work in that direction. And. I, too often we just get caught up in the day-to-day grind and we forget to set intentions. We just wing it and go. And guess where we wind up? The same place that we started. and so yep, fall into those same patterns
0: yeah. of thinking and behaving and yeah. all that.
1: It's good stuff, man. Let's
0: talk about let's talk about
1: some things that'll mess up recovery. You ready to dive into? Yeah, it? let's go. Okay, all Usually right. Usually I like to drag this out for the next forty-five minutes, but let's uh, get started here. I, I
0: okay. You know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Taz to read Taz. through the twelve things. Taz can't read. Past Did that you know Taz can't here? read?
1: He went to the University of Utah.
0: <laughs> Again, this is twelve stupid things that mess
3: up recovery by author Alan Berger. Should have brought my specs. Number one, believing addiction. I really do need my glasses, I think. You want me to read? I got glasses. I got it. Okay. Believing addiction to one substance is the only problem. Number Mm. two, believing sobriety will fix everything. Number three, pursuing recovery with less energy than pursuing addiction. Mm. Number four, being selectively honest. Number five, Feeling special and unique number six, not making amends. Number seven, using the program to try to become perfect. Number eight, confusing self-concerned with selfishness. Number nine, playing futile self-improvement games. Number 10, not getting help for relationship troubles. Number 11, believing that life should be easy and number 12. Using the program to handle everything. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank
0: you, thank you. So we already kind of recapped that we, we have hit one, we hit two, we hit four, we hit five. Where do you want to go from there? Any of them jump out at you guys? Taz, you're our guest. Pick do you want to pick one?
3: Um, did you guys talk about being selectively honest?
0: Yeah, we hit that one pretty hard last
1: time. Great you ask him to pick one and he picks one. That's a that's a top one to for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, we did. Recovery will fix everything. I love it.
0: That's one of the ones I actually have highlighted on my sheet that I wanted to talk to too. Believing that
1: recovery will fix everything. Doc, do you want to? Well, I got one too. We'll, it, we'll go. We'll go back to that. We in did a sec, touch but.
0: on believing sobriety will fix everything, but let's recap on that no, one. That's a good that. one.
1: I, I also want to talk about believing that life will be easy. Yeah, that's a great one yeah. as well. Yeah. So, but let's let's so, talk about
0: Taz. Hit us with. Why does
3: that one jump out to you? Because it's false. That's first first <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to, to keep it simple. Yeah That sobriety will fix everything. And I think that that is the pipe dream. I think that's ultimately what we approach recovery with is hoping that that it will solve all of all of our problems and and, and fix everything that we won't have to continue to struggle. life won't continue to happen. Um, you know that we can you know, get some, some basic tools and, and things in place that will solve all, all of our problems moving forward and we won't have to continue to trudge and we'll have to continue to work at it as hard because it, it can be exhausting. It, it can catch up with you. It can be like, for for me personally, yeah, I know many times I've gotten to a place where it's like, man, I'm doing all the things. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all the things, and I think like I should be. So I should on myself. I should be happier. I should have more peace. I should have more energy. I should have more excitement. I should have less depression. I should, you know, and you go down the list of like, man, it should fix it all. Like I thought I'd be, I thought i would just be calmer waters, you know. Yes, very common to continue to, to continue to work as hard as, and, and maybe that's a, a incorrect, you know, thought process. Of, and I'm working, I'm, I'm just, I'm such a, a BA guy, I'm working so hard. <laughs> and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just doing the deal the way it's supposed to, it's lined out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's probably in my mind what takes a lot of people out, especially in early recovery, is they're expecting all of a sudden, you know how it is. People get out of residential treatment, that's where you go and you stay for 30 to 90 days at a, at a facility, right? And they expect their family members to like, forgive them love them and embrace them with open arms after you know 29 30 days
1: right yeah. right yeah. and that the and the family hasn't watched any of the 30-day growth they've been gone for 30 days and then they show back up and I'm cured yeah hey, okay you're not cured you're the you know what you get when you sober up a horse thief still a thief yeah you get yeah. A, you get a sober horse thief and the the thing is you've got to continue in your life to clean up wreckage because wreckage we caused wreckage for years and we go
3: away for 30 days and think it's all gone it's just not even close alan talks about early sobriety being the first two years that's That's a great point that's what he identifies as early early recovery is the first two years interesting huh because
1: you'll ask somebody two years in they think
3: they're an old-timer Right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. That's uh, geez.
3: Yeah. It's a I'm great 21
1: point. years in. And I, sometimes it's like my first week, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Someone who's two years. They're like, yeah, I'm old timer. Yeah. Someone who's three, four, five, 10, 21. They're like, ah, I feel like a newcomer again. Yeah. I just, it's <laughs> sometimes it's my first week again. I got to just go right back to basics again. And, and I think sometimes feeling like a newcomer is sometimes a tender mercy.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, Feeling like a newcomer and seeing and and dealing with newcomers, both those things can be tender mercies for me. I love seeing a guy who's enthusiastic and just barely sober. Like, I love that guy. Call those the pink cloud people? I love that guy. I I love interacting with that guy. Mm. And I'm not going to talk him off his pink cloud. I hope no one does. The pink cloud can last a long time. I, I think that the, when the pink
0: cloud starts going away, you just need to change it up. You yep. need to find something else. Yep. You, you need to shift from first gear to second gear, from second gear to third gear, third gear to fourth gear. Eat some shrimp. Which brings me to like I'm a gonna, maroon with, cloud.
3: Yeah. Which
0: which let's just roll right Sounds into like the next a, one. Believing but, life should be easy, right? Because I think that sometimes when we get on that pink cloud, or you know what I mean, we're in that in that state, like. If you're comfortable, you're not growing, right? Growth comes in discomfort. And so, yeah, if you have the belief that life should be easy, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. It's it's, you know, unrealistic expectations which can lead to resentments which could lead to relapse. Right. Right. Thoughts on that one?
1: Well, I think that we we if you look at the reasons that most people, and I'll, I'll go with me only, I don't know about anyone else, but the reasons that I used drugs were as a solution to my problems, right? Now, it's a terrible solution, and it's so ridiculous that you can even convince yourself that that's going to be a solution to a problem. But the point is, if you put that solution to a problem away, it didn't take the problem away. All it did is take away your your the way that you deal with that problem, right? And so you're dealt with bills. You're dealt with family strife. You are having to deal with uh, work troubles, whatever. Well, work stinks, so I go home and I drink a 30-pack t- of beer, and now work doesn't stink for a minute, right? And then I wake up tomorrow morning and work stinks again.
0: Yeah, you're finding but- temporary... S- Temporary relief
1: for a long-term problem, basically. Right. Yeah, but the problem remains, right? We've postponed Work's it. Work's still going to stink the next yep, day. We've postponed it now for a day, but the problem still remains. So when you take away that particular solution, which isn't a solution, you're st- you still have the problem. And so people think, "All oh, I have to do is stop drinking; I won't have any problems." No, 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 no. Drinking—you drank because of problems, mm-hmm. not the drinking caused more problems. But the drinking wasn't the problem. The drinking was your solution to the problem. The problem remains. And if you don't drink, maybe, or use drugs, maybe you can actually do something that might make work a little bit better tomorrow. Maybe instead of just passing out on your couch tonight, you could do a little homework on a subject that's coming up at work tomorrow, and you might, and work might just be a tiny bit better for you tomorrow.
0: I got a quote that went out. and So I work with Taz. Taz is the... Is the, uh, oh, man, general manager for Steps Recovery Centers down here in southern Utah. Grand Poopa. I get the opportunity to work with him on an everyday basis. And this actually went out over an email that I love, and it touches just on what you're talking about, Doc. Drugs are not the problem. They're an attempt to solve the human condition of suffering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've got my thoughts on this topic. Sellers, go ahead, Taz, your thoughts. Believing that life should be easy. Let me read this real fast because I forgot that we do this. So here's the little, uh, little con, the little yep. blurb. Thank you. Life is difficult. The sooner we are initiated into this reality, the sooner we learn how to deal with life on its terms, rather than waste our time looking for an easier way.
3: Acceptance. That's what came to mind. Life mm. on its terms. You know, and life has its own terms for sure. Um, It's and change is the one constant. Um, And and I think that's what uh, one life has a PhD in teaching. Absolutely. It's it's fantastic at it. And so on the one thing, life isn't always going to be easy on the second. Maybe that's a good thing because it'll give us the opportunities that we can grow and learn from those challenges that continue to come season after season. And I think depending upon life circumstances, that could come in so many different, so many different ways, so many. It could be relationship-wise, right? My wife and I have been married for 21 years Congratulations. Through the grace of God, that for is. sure. That's Congratulations. Awesome. That's amazing. And and there's been so many different seasons and so many different opportunities and that have come up that have allowed us to work through things and it has not been easy. And I think both of us have that perception of like, okay, if we just remove the substances, our marriage will be c- cakewalk. Yeah, it's so easy, right? It's so easy. No. Not the case. Not the case. And it's gotten much better. We've 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 learned a lot of tools, and, and it's been and it's and it's it's fantastic. Um, and then we have kids, right? We have teenage daughters, and they provide us. They're they're so beautiful. They provide us so many great opportunities to to learn and to grow. Bless their little hearts. <laughs> um, and then it could be work, right? Um, which, which we've talked about. Um, it could be relationships. Um, and in in all those different dynamics, there's the spouse relationship, there's a the parent-child relationship, there's coworker relationships. Relationships is also something that we have throughout every variable of life, um, and those relationships will continue to change and continue to provide opportunities for you know for growth as well.
0: Well said, one of the things and then we'll move on from this one, the one another thing that really jumped out at me and listening to both of you guys explain, you know, your thoughts on it really honed it in for me and hit home was when we believe life should be easy and and we're caught up in this sense that like life's so hard and things are so difficult, and they can be, don't get me wrong, I wanna be empathetic to that. But at the same time, if you're in that victim mentality, if you're in that victim mindset, like pour me, pour me, pour me another drink. You're definitely going to go back to using substances because you're feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the quickest ways, or for me, one of the earliest warning signs that I'm in a bad way is when I start feeling sorry for myself, right? I feel like that's a kind of what all of this has really made me think about as we're talking about that one.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of one of the things Taz said, reminds me of a quote from a leader of a predominant church here in Utah who once said that marriage requires a high and this is a paraphrase not a quote marriage requires a high degree of mutual toleration and then goes on to talk about this train ride where it's mostly just this long boring train ride and every once in a while the train comes out of a tunnel and we see this magnificent view and it's lovely and then it's another you know hundred miles of prairie and and th- that is life life is life is not promised to be fun that was never a promise we were never promised this was going to be easy we were never promised this was going to be fun it's going to be difficult and some days it's just going to be treachery what do you, what do we do about that right because when we're on the hundred mile prairie all we can think about to do as when we're back in addiction would be to just numb out and we don't have to worry about how long that hundred mile prairie is right Suicide installment plan, yeah. Yeah, so what do we do now to find small, stunning vistas in our lives? Mm. Like for, like for me, uh, and this is uh, almost sad, but for me, golf provides one of those, right? Tomorrow morning, I get to go play golf with some dudes that I really like, and it's I'm going to have a great time. I might hit the ball... Who knows where? But I can tell you this, I'm going to have a great time. Right. Right? And we need to provide ourselves some of those opportunities because life's pretty boring
3: sometimes. I love that, man. I think so much of life is is perspective. Mm. And thought work has been such an amazing, amazing tool that was not introduced early on. I didn't grasp it early on or I didn't accept it early on. But what we've been talking about reminds me of... Is life happening to me or is life happening for me? Yeah, great point. Especially in the hard times. Especially in the hard times when you feel like you're getting your butt kicked, you know? Is this happening to me or is this happening for me? Am I going to learn something super valuable from this that's going to propel me onto that next vista? Yep. And prepare me for the next thing that's coming down down the pipe, you know what I mean? So... That was that was beautiful. beautiful. I've always love that.
0: The yes. other thought on that is, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm going through a certain problem in my life and I run away from it or I avoid it, it always comes back eventually down the road. I think that that's the universe, the cosmos, whatever you will have it, that's putting it back in my life to grow and figure out. All right. Guess what that means? That means the first segment is done. So, Part one is out of the way. Yep. Join us for part two. We're going to jump into the relationship piece since Taz Decker's already gone down that highway. Yeah. Right after this commercial. You are stretch. listening
2: to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by Supps Recovery Center, Rise Up sups in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out.
1: At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff,
2: and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery.
0: It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out to Steps
2: Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you. And at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. Welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Subs Recovery Center, Rise Up SUPS, in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers.
1: Alright, welcome back, everybody. This is episode number what what episode did we decide this? 140, one? baby. 140. 140. Holy 40 these We've done 140 episodes. <laughs> That's amazing. Two of them were good. I'm 40. Yeah. The one that Taz Decker was on in episode eight, that was
0: a good one. Taz is talking most of the time. You spent
1: the whole time criticizing how terrible you were during that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. All right. We're going to bring a little energy into this second segment for sure uh, because it was mentioned at the break by someone that we were a tiny bit flat in the first part. And that's that's an absolute criticism that I can take for sure. Uh, So we're going to pump it up a little bit. But before we do, Part two is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. If you happen to be traveling through southern Utah, give them a Google search. Type in Hilton Garden Inn. That's a place to go. I'm telling you, they'll take really good care of you. The Hilton Garden Inn has great amenities. Their restaurant's fantastic. They're people. the, the, The employees are really, really, really helpful. I've had people go above and beyond for me with all kinds of weird requests that I have when I... Forget to bring shaving cream. Or You're that guy.
0: You're yes, like that celebrity that like yes, wants a certain me. type of like.
1: No, I'm not quite like that. Guy.
0: Fabric in nope. his sheets. Nope. And don't need You, got, he,
1: don't <laughs> you want that. the doves? The, the towels folded into doves on your bed. Oh, I want and, a swan on my bed okay. for sure. Yeah, the no. whole
0: fridge has to be stocked yeah. with do, with Dr Pepper. Yes, I. Okay,
1: he's that yes. guy. He's Face that cream. Guy. I'm nothing like yeah. that. But. They are very accommodating. Yeah. they're, they're So amazing. give them a shot at your business. Uh, again, rooms, this is the thing that's really been impressing me. I've stayed in a number of hotels recently, and the size of the rooms at the Hilton Garden Inn is just big. There's just plenty of room in there, and it's really cool. So anyway, Hilton Garden Inn, St. George, Utah. Give them a shot at your business. Absolutely. We love those guys. All right. Well, uh, speaking of some energy, let's bring a little energy to our next topic. We're going to pick another one. We kind of talked quite a bit about uh, life, supposing life is supposed to be easy, which it is not. And what was the first one we did? I can't even remember that far back now. What did we talk about first? Believing sobriety will oh, yeah. fix everything. Yep. We kind of retouched on that one. Yep. yep. But we're going to move on. And... We're going we're gonna to go to one that Jared has picked out for us, so tell us about that one.
0: I feel like we're naturally kind of sliding into this topic, so let's get it. Stupid thing number 10, not getting help for relationship troubles. Here's a little blurb. Dysfunctional relationships are one of the top three causes of relapse. Your guys' thoughts.
1: Oh. Uh, okay. My no thought originally question. was, heck yeah. When they say top yeah. three, like number one. Yeah, I would say. Number one or downfall. yeah. I mean it's what what are the top three? Money, financial stuff, relationships. Resentments maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships. But resentments about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Right. I stand corrected. So yeah, no, but uh so really money and relationships are probably the two biggest things. And so if we uh if we we have been talking about relationships and one of the things that I think we can frequently do is we we get into recovery, we're working a program, we have a sponsor who's say, had a successful marriage. Our sponsor's been successfully married for twenty five years or something like that. We assume our sponsor now is a relationship counselor. He is not. Right.
0: Sponsor's role is to take you through the twelve steps. That's it. An accountability partner. That's it.
1: Teach you the You want a guy yeah. to teach you about the twelve steps? That's a talk to your sponsor. Hmm. You want somebody to teach you how to stay married. Talk to talk to somebody who does that for a living. Right. Or grab your wife and go
0: to some type of couples counseling. Right. 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 Because ninety percent. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So well, yeah. So. so let's talk about that. What we're struggling in our relationships. Let's say. What What should we be doing in times when we're struggling in our relationships? Here, here's my What do you thought. do when you're struggling, first of all? What's a sign to you that you're struggling in your relationship? When we're not communicating. Okay. Uh, isolation mm-hmm. was what came to my mind. Yep. And so it's your same basic thing, right? Yep. When we shut it down. That's gonna. That's a sign we're struggling. A, and it's also absolutely no way to get out of the struggle. Right. That's just gonna. You're gonna
3: stay stuck right there.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Anything come to mind for you a sign when you're struggling?
3: I I start getting nitpicky and critical mm-hmm. and taking mm-hmm. in, taking inventory. Yep. Taking someone else's
1: inventory. Someone right? else's not yours.
3: Um, secretly keeping a list of things that they're doing that is annoying. Yep or not what I want them to. But we're nice guys, so we won't tell them. No, we'll no, no, yeah, we don't want to bring own, it out. We don't right. want to talk about it. Right. We'll just right? keep the list in our own minds so we can build resentments over the list. Yeah, and it's, and it's gamey. One of the chapters is kind of talk about games. Playing futile yeah. playing recovery Fu- games. Playing futile recovery games. Mm-hmm. And that's one that came to mind for me is something I've definitely done and can easily fall in. But now I'm aware of it, right? So if I catch it, I can maybe spiral out. Instead of spiral in that's a great, you know, that was a good one though,
1: because I probably wouldn't have been able to come up with that, but I do that too. I keep score. I keep the score and As long as I'm winning. Like everything's fine. No, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. That score over there is none of my business. My score is my business, right? What am I doing to contribute to the relationship? Not what is she doing to take away from the relationship? That's none of my business. It's like the foundational principle of recovery. It's it's never the other person. It's
0: always you. And we touched on that in the last one thirty eight when we talked about this stuff. Is you're only accountable for what you can control, right? Your attitude, your effort, your your outlook. Yeah, well said. The other thing that I that I made me think of too that causes dysfunctional relationships is the scorekeeping, like Taz mentioned, but also tit for tat. Like oh she she did this so I'm gonna do that right yep. I caught her talking to somebody on you know text message and so I'm gonna message a bunch of people on Facebook right like trying to get even sure the tit for that the tit for tat yep. um, rule is also one that causes really dysfunctional relationships because instead of sitting down exp- we become defensive it's a lot easier so here's the kind of the clinical p- part of me that comes out it's a lot easier for us to go to anger. It's a lot easier for us to go to irritability than it is for us to sit down and say, that really hurt my feelings. I am I feel insecure because I found out you were messaging somebody else. You know, talk to me about that. What, what's going Why would you, right? Being vulnerable is scary for people. And so it's a lot easier just to go to anger, which then they do the tit for tat. Oh, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to do this. In the meantime we're just both digging holes.
1: Well, we combine them too, right? We go. So tit for tat is just another form of keeping score, right? Yeah. But, but we combine them both. We do the two things that you said you do. One is start keeping score, tit for tat, whatever all that is. And then your wife's mad at you. And she says, she says, what's wrong? And your reply is here's your, here's my form of shutting down isolation. Okay. I don't want to talk about it.
0: Hmm. Stonewall so no, I don't want stonewall
3: yeah in, in the in the scorekeeping I'll create stories along the way right narratives right So example of scorekeeping love languages okay Well we know our love languages in our in our marriage right? yeah. yeah And I'll keep score of how many times she's checking the box of my love language mm-hmm. but I'm not checking my own boxes of seeing if I'm reciprocating right And so I'll create a you know create a story. And one, one helpful thing that I've, I've learned to do most of the time is, Hey, sweetie, I have a a story I want to run past you. Can I do that? I love it. It seems like you are reaching out and getting your needs fulfilled through other means versus, versus me fulfilling those needs for you. Can I check that story with you? Yeah. Share the narrative.
0: Share the narrative. Share the narrative that you got between your ears and check for truth or
1: for fantasy, right? Is it reality or is it fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. Great point. It's hard for us egotistical men to do that. It's very hard. Yeah. That's a difficult thing to do.
0: I also like, I agree that it's another, I I agree that tit for tat is another form of scorekeeping, but I feel like there are some people and now we're getting further down this rabbit hole and maybe we don't want to go here, but there are some people that won't proactively go do something to get even because they like sitting and feeling. Oh, yeah. Like, right. So they're just going to keep yeah. track of all the she owes me. the blows. She owes me. And then it builds up and builds up and builds up. And then they either, you know, go out and have an affair or don't come home for three days and go on a meth binger or, or, right. That's how it slowly builds up is because they're just mentally keeping I, track. I deserve this
1: because of how she treated me. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'll, absolutely.
0: I'll, I'll show you, I'll hurt me. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Perfect.
3: Yeah. yeah. That makes so much sense. Not really, right? In our it, minds. When you say, the when the you say it out loud. Yeah, right? when you say it out loud. I mean, how silly is that? It is totally. But isn't that the
1: key? That Maybe that's the whole key, saying it out loud, right? No. Don't keep all this crap in our brains, run it by somebody else. Great run point. it by your run some stuff by your sponsor. Maybe not all the relationship stuff, but run some stuff by your sponsor. Run some stuff by your spouse. Run some stuff spof- some stuff by other people with a different brain than ours, because we have created a story already. It may flat be wrong, but we've created the story. Check the story. Run it by a trained
3: professional. Yeah, that, that would I like be that. Yeah, no question. That would be be my advice. I vividly remember being in treatment. And uh, my therapist saying, the number one reported reason for relapse is relationship conflict. And I was so fearful because mm. I had so much conflict at that time in my life. And I th- was so hopeless. I remember feeling so hopeless because of that statistic. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I was in treatment, I'm like, I'm, will- I'm going to do anything. One of the suggestions was go to couples therapy. Yeah. One of the chapters is kind of picking and choosing what you want to do in your recovery, right? Oh. I'll, I'll do step one, but I won't do step 12 or vice right, versa, right? Yep. It's almost like selective honesty. Selectively selective honesty. choosing which steps yeah. are going to work for you. And so I took that suggestion and it, it has made all the difference in working through conflict, not having it or avoiding it, but but working through it. And now we've, I mean, over 10 years have had, I think, four or five different couples therapist that we were with for at least 6 months. Uh, at that's a time. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Men don't like going to couples therapy.
1: It's a that's a terrible generalization, but I it might be No, I sort think it's true. true. I right? bet it's statistically I true hate, for sure. I hate generalizations, but that's because we view that what's going to happen in couples therapy is we're going to go in, our wives are going to tattle on us, and the therapist is going to take their <laughs> point of view, and then we're going to get attacked by two people instead of one person. That's a common perception of what couples therapy is about. And it's so far from the reality of couples therapy that it's that's that it's laughable
0: well well said i also feel like back to what taz was saying about this too is going to a qualified individual is key because if you go to your family or friends they're going to have a bias you For know sure. if if i go to you know to to one of my best friends and i'm venting about my wife mandy he's, he's now listen if he's a good friend he'll do this he'll ask me what's your part in it right he'll pull a little fifth step sponsorship stuff but most of the time right
1: because most of the time, he's going to have your back.
0: Exactly. And it, so he could actually be more
1: your friend than Mandy. So he's going to have your back.
0: Which results in them feeding into
1: which, your storyline, your narrative in your head, right? Which is what we want them to do sometimes, right? Which sometimes. is why they're not the perfect person to go to. Right. We right. want friends that will have our
3: backs even when we're just way out in left field well we're smart we'll we'll choose that person that we know will co-sign on our bs for sure good point good point yeah that's not the guy to run it by that's not the person to run it by those people do not give good relationship advice oh that guy's in an unhealthy relationship i think i'll talk to him yeah yeah, Yeah, let's go trauma bond
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, there's another piece to this that i also want to point out too if you're not in a relationship Listen, I, this is one of the things that I know drives people crazy, but when you're in early recovery that first year, or as, uh, Alan Berger defines as, as the first two years being early recovery, not getting in new relationships is a big thing. And people are always like, that's unrealistic. That's, blah, blah, blah. they have a hard time with it, which just tells me that they're unwilling to do it because a lot of, I feel like a lot of rebuilding your life has to do with the relationship you have with you. And if I have this terrible image of myself, or if I have this low self esteem, if I can get the girl across the way in my day treatment group, you know, to think I am a good guy and have a crush on me, want to have a relationship with me, I am maybe I am not I'm that bad fine. of a guy, yeah, I'm right? Doing fine. And yet, how great How interesting is it that that other person's in the exact same spot that I am in, yeah. right? They're struggling with their own feelings. They're struggling with their own cravings. They're struggling with their own interpersonal relationships. They're struggling with all the same stuff I'm struggling with. Two wet noodles can't hold each other up, right? Like two two people that are un non-independent, non you know, let's just say adulting, right? Typically, it becomes a mess. Becomes a mess. Yeah.
3: Thought so. On that? What if? Sorry if I don't have a thought on that. Unless it's spaghetti and they both stick to the wall, they're kind of holding oh, each I was
1: other. <laughs> up, I was coming up with the lasagna <laughs>
3: metaphor myself.
1: So okay,
3: maybe it's the wrong metaphor. <laughs> no, it was a good, right? meta- a good metaphor. We're no, just yeah. Yeah. we're just dumb <laughs> over <Yeah>. here. <laughs> we're just a couple yeah. goofballs talking about recovery. Right. No, we're like, oh, maybe they can hold each other up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, what, what happens if, if it dries? So up? what if what if someone's in a position where they can't afford a professional and go to a couple's therapy, a licensed therapist? No, right. That's a what good What advice? Would we, would we give them? That's a really good
1: question. It's a great question.
0: There, so there's a really good book out there called Love and Respect, and I wish I could remember the author off the top of my head. I can't. It talks about how what women want to know is to be reassured that their partner loves them unconditionally. And what men, they're, what they really need to know deeper than I love you is I respect you. And it's written by a counselor And it's a really good book. It has sections that you both can read together. Um, The pastor of the church, me and Mandy go to actually asked us both to read it before we got married. And it's a relationship one. And so we would read a chapter a week. And then on Sundays, we'd set aside time and we'd sit down and we'd talk about it. You know, what did you get out of that? What did you get out of that? How can we work towards that? And then there are some chapters that are just for men and some chapters that are just for women. And, and it was a, so there's tons of literature out there.
1: And, and a partial answer that you gave that maybe you didn't even realize you gave, but ecclesiastical leaders, they're yeah, free. Absolutely. religious leaders. They're free. Sure. Go see your pastor. Go see your bishop. Go see your preacher, whatever. And
0: great question because they're, I'm sure.
1: There's yeah. lots of resources that are not, that are definitely free what we're doing now let's do the opposite. yeah absolutely let's, right? run, let's run the opposite of that question though the opposite
3: of that question is who shouldn't you talk to so podcast just real quick we'll get to that podcast okay. there's unlimited so many different oh that's a uh, great point options out there where you can listen to relationship great podcasts. professional advice for free great professional advice for free yeah Hours and hours and hours. Good point. Of this
0: hours. is why we had you on, Tess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's a, that's a good it's point. Good. And, and it's free, right? It really so really is. Okay.
1: Don't pick the guy that's that's been divorced six times. Sorry. He's yep. not your guy. He no. can teach you about divorce. Right? If that's what you want to learn about, but pick somebody that's been in a long-term relationship if you have no other options. At least pick somebody that's been able to put together some long-term... Relationship.
0: Great, great, great way to put it. I love it. I don't care who your I
1: don't care who your best friend, if he's been divorced six times, he's not your best relationship friend. Well your best relationship. I totally
0: subscribe to that. Let's let's move. So we got about seven minutes left here. And I just wouldn't feel right, guys. I wouldn't feel right if we didn't hit this last one. I'm gonna throw it out there. I want your guys' thoughts on it. Not making amends. That is number six. Oh, man. I didn't even have the blurb ready. Oh, Here it is. Here here it it is. Be patient with me. To develop a strong spiritual foundation for recovery, it is essential that we accept full responsibility for our harmful and hurtful behaviors, and we attempt to repair the damage that we have caused in our relationships with family, friends, and loved ones. Mm, Stupid thing number six, not making amends.
3: Anything that comes to the top of your mind? Uh, I have, uh, gosh, I have found that making, <clears throat> making amends is some of the most powerful spiritual experiences, um, that I've had. Um, and it's, I don't know exactly why that is. I don't know what that, what that, what that's about, but the spirit of recovery has been in those situations more than maybe other situations. It's just been tangible. Um, very, very, very powerful. And so, not making amends, I think, robbed you of that opportunity to experience what forgiveness can possibly feel like. And I think the hope that comes from those experiences can propel you so far forward into your recovery and give you so much evidence mm-hmm. as to why this is going to work, why this is going to to be good, why this is going to continue to put your disease into remission, why this is going to continue to provide the fruits that were promised early, early on of what you will get out of this experience of of recovery. Um, And I think it sends a message to your disease, like, hey, you need to get in the rear view mirror because... I'm moving forward with this process of making amends because it's tough. It's scary. It's fearful. You, 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 you got to face people that you've hurt really badly. You got to be humble, which is which is difficult. Um, I think there's just so many different layers to making amends that just makes it some of the most beautiful um, experiences that you might ever have. And you'll, you'll miss out on it if you don't do it. Yeah.
0: I totally agree with that. You got anything, Doc, not making amends? Well, I got something.
1: Okay, let's get it. I don't know if I want to talk about it, but I got something. Mm, this is hitting home for you. Mm-hmm. So this is my um, my final amends I made. I, I didn't want to make it. I had operated on a vibrant, young 70-year-old lady who... Um, they had been the head of the BYU Jerusalem Center, and she was a concert pianist, and just this, I mean, really a very, very vibrant 70-year-old lady, very talented, spoke several languages, and and uh, I, I, I was for sure not using drugs at the day of the surgery, but the following day, it was a really difficult, complex procedure that I won't even describe here, but the following day when the mesh that I had put inside of her sewed into her uh, hypogastric artery, and she bled out. Mm. And um, she didn't die initially from that, but she was blind because she didn't get enough blood flow to her brain for a long time. And she was left in a wheelchair. And just almost incapable of doing many of the life things that she had been capable of doing at the week before. Um, she ultimately passed away, not necessarily from this, but a few years later, she passed. Yeah. She passed away. Well, uh, I say I wasn't. I wasn't using drugs the day of the surgery, the day after when she coded that Saturday. It was a Saturday morning. I might have been. Yeah. I don't think I responded to that call as quickly as I could have. And I owed somebody an amends for that. And I wasn't going to, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the husband, after his wife died, he wound up getting remarried. And the new wife called me and said, Hey, uh, Howard would like to go to dinner. Howard was the husband that was left behind. And these were amends that were forced upon me. Like, Mm. he invited me to dinner. I can't say no, right? And so I wound up making that final amends, and it was difficult. I'm sure. Painful. Still have a lot of regrets over that, but that amends freed me from much of that guilt. I still don't feel great about the whole thing, but... That amends saved me from stewing in that for the next 10 years. This was about 10 years ago when this happened
0: yeah
1: and uh, uh, my final amends was forced on me. I don't know if I could have done that.
0: I feel like that's first of all thank you for sharing that like I could tell you know as you as you shared it how heartfelt it was and how you know genuine. I think that that's it though right I think that that's why it's so important to make amends is so that you can be at peace with yourself. You know, working as a counselor, oftentimes it's the stuff that really hurts isn't always the stuff other people's done to us. It's the stuff we've done to other people. And so by making those amends and and forgiving, getting forgiveness, forgiving yourself, man.
1: Here, here, what could bring more spiritual relief than that? Here's the key point to that story that I forgot to mention. We're almost out of time. But I got the call and the lady said, Howard would like to invite you to dinner. He wants to offer you forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't even asked for it yet. Right. Like, And he wants to offer me forgiveness, which was, which was a, a demonstration in what the 12 steps is all about. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. I appreciate you buddy. Yeah, yep. Thanks for
0: sharing that. Taz, thanks for coming on here. We only got a f- like 20 seconds left. Appreciate yeah. you being willing to come on and, and talk about uh, this book.
3: No, I, I, I appreciate it. And um, I think Jared invited me on because he's like, who has done all this 12 stupid things? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. So I can speak to it. Don't uh, do them. All right.
1: Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. Maybe we do recover with Jared Miller. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a
0: loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Supps
2: Recovery Center, Rise Up Supps, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from a podcast studio.